Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to Believe in Everything Auburn. I'm your host, Taylor Davis, joined by Jason Campbell. As always, we are thrilled to be back. Sorry we had to take last week off, scheduling conflicts yet again, but we are back. Fret not, everybody. We're back, and we have two weeks to catch up on of Auburn football, and we actually have some stuff to talk about because SEC Media Days happened. We got to hear from Harson and Bo Nix and Owen Papo, so we'll break down and kind of recap what came out of that. And unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably heard a great deal about the potential new additions to the conference. And so, of course, we're going to talk about it, give you our thoughts, and kind of catch you up on where all of that stands. So we're glad that you have joined us. Hope everyone has had a great couple of weeks. And uh, let's catch up a little. Jay, how you been? What's going on, my friend Taylor? I, <laughs> you know, long time no see, no hear. Uh, no. But now, uh, no. hey, people, this is summertime. People take trips. People have things to come up. They do. And guess what? That's true. I'm off next week because I have to go somewhere. Um, you do? So yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, I, I got to go to the beach one more time oh before my we get locked and loaded for football season. So, you That's know, fair. I'm just uh, taking my parents on their 50th wedding anniversary. So, Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah, that's something to celebrate. So we're going to take them somewhere. Yeah, 50 years, right? I'm just like, wow. With one person. Exactly. And that's not even including (laughs) that's not even including them dating dating before they got married. I know. You know, so roughly probably about 53, 54 years. And I'm 39 years old. So 15 years before I even thought about coming in the picture. You know, we got all kind of news coming out and like I said, we'll hear more and more about it. Uh, you know, Taylor's going to bring it all to you guys. And I will be giving my two cents on it and everything. So, you know, <laughs> That's what, what we do it? around here. What you know what's do? so crazy is like after 2020 and how much it essentially halted sports. I mean, for the first time in our lifetime, essentially, everything mm-hmm. stopped and no sports were happening. And now it feels like this year – 
I can't keep up with the influx of sports information and changes. I mean, think about what we've talked about in the off season on this podcast, a potential playoff expansion, the amount of money that college players are now making because of NIL conference changes. Like there's, holy cow, I just can't, we're in the midst of an Olympics. Like I can't keep up. It's like everyone's trying to make up for the year that we lost and just decided to change everything, which (laughs) makes my job a lot more challenging. But nonetheless, Jason and I will do our best to break it all down for you. So you are a well-rounded sports fan. But first, got to tell you about our sponsor, Bet Online. July is underway, crazily about to wrap up. It feels like it flew by, but it's a great month for sports. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. The MLB heading into the second half of the season and football season approaching, so there's plenty of betting action to get involved in, including tons of futures and props that you can wager on as well. BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. So visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. Okay, let's go ahead and start out with SEC Media Days and kind of recap how all of that went. Um, Obviously, it's it's always exciting. You know, you're gonna get you're not gonna get anything groundbreaking. No one ever uses that opportunity to announce some big splash, but you know, it gives you a taste of what's to come, and it's always just a sign that season is very very close. So it did that for me, nonetheless. Uh, like we discussed on the last episode, our representatives were Bo Nix and Owen Papo, and we kind of talked about you know what it says from you know a coach's perspective when you select those two representative um kind of what it represents and harson spoke on that um in specificity so i'm gonna go over the quote that he said in regards to bringing those two he said got two players with me bo nix and owen papo i just want to start off with talking about those two guys the reason why they're here we're going to have competition on our team at every position as we get into fall camp and our guys know that But these two players in particular have done a great job really since I've been here. And we've had the staff assembled of helping lead our football team and really sharing the message of what we're trying to accomplish now with myself, our staff, and the things that we want to get done at Auburn University and with our football program. So I know they're going to do a great job today. They'll answer your questions. They've been leading and doing a tremendous job this summer. Both guys are hard workers, and they deserve the opportunity to be here to represent their team. And when Harson took <laughs> took to the podium, so basically the way that it works, you have an allotted amount of time in media day in a big room of reporters. And the coaches always, you know, do an opening statement and then whatever amount of time is left is open to questions. Well, Harson took majority of the time <laughs> on his opening statement. <laughs> he talked for about 15 minutes in his opening statement alone, and it only left time for three reporter questions. And I actually think it was intentional. I think he knew what he was doing. I think he intentionally was going to control as much of that as he could, and he did a good job, honestly. But in regards to this 
you know, particular aspect of it, choosing to bring Bo and Owen. Owen is not a surprise, really. It's more about Bo, especially given the uh, probably not the reality of a quarterback battle, but the narrative that the you know we're all going to try and push because it makes it more interesting. So, what did it say? And basically, you know, he is saying that there's going to be competition at every position. And I'm glad he said that because that's still going to fuel the fire that we need for Bo Nix. But what he's saying about the leadership of these two guys is what encouraged me a lot because that leadership aspect is something that we've talked about, Jason, when it comes to Bo Nix. And if Harson is already seeing it in the short time that he's been in Auburn, that's a good sign. Right. That is definitely a good sign because one thing about Auburn, you already know is people like to see your work before they start to like sometimes just kind of, you know, get behind you. And yeah. that's that's typically how things should go. Like, you know, you can't put people on the pedestal before they arrive and achieve. So he got a lot of work to be done. There's a lot in front of him. You know, he talked a lot about his coaching staff. He talked a lot about his guys and the hard work and you know, and trying to get guys to believe in what he's trying to do and, and turn this program into the way that he wants it. You know, he yeah. understand. He talked about the relationship that he had with Gus when he was at Arkansas that State. That was interesting to me. Yeah, right. So he talked about that. That was kind of, you know, it was a little shocking, uh, the fact that, you know, he referred to, you know, being with Gus at Arkansas State and when it came to Auburn and everything and then playing in front of Auburn and how he wants to, like, get to Auburn SEC is like the premier job of college football. And as a coach is some of the best coaches, some of the best players. And it's yeah. true uh, and yeah. everything. Uh, so he, he said he had a lot to say. And I, I will say this. I got a chance to watch Bo afterwards. And uh, he got a chance to talk to SEC Network. And, you know, of course, mm-hmm. they was asking him a bunch of questions. And, you know, he was saying all the right things. He seemed confident in everything that he was talking about. Definitely. So Bo did get asked about it in the room with a lot of the local reporters. And he said, Mm -hmm. TJ is a good transfer for us. He's a big, strong guy with a good arm and a fast release. I'm doing everything I can to help him learn the offense because I know how it was for me starting out and the kind of offense he's coming from. So he presented a united front. Obviously, you're not going to do anything else because you're teammates. Um, But I actually, I thought it was not only is he saying he's trying to help him and he's a good transfer, but he pointed out some of TJ Finley's actual skills, a fast release, a big guy. Like, I think what's going to be evident is the different skill sets between these two. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it would be worse if TJ Finley came in and was a mirror image of Bo Nix and they had similar size and game style. I think if we're going to, and Bo probably knows this too, highlight some of his positives because there's reason for packages for this guy and certain plays to be drawn up for him. I do not anticipate he's going to be given the reins to this offense, but I do anticipate we will see him be utilized in this offensive system. And I think that, you know, Bo faced that head on and and eliminated any potential of, you know, negative or any kind of, you know, the thing at these media days is, you're really under a microscope. There are so many cameras and microphones pointed at you. If anything is presented with any sort of negativity, even if it's not meant that way, it can be run with, which is why also guys like Bo and Owen, who are veteran leaders, are the guys that you let go do this because you you trust that they're going to 
carry themselves in a way that isn't going to present any false narrative. And so when he was asked about TJ Finley, I thought he handled it well. I liked what he said. Um, and, and I'm excited to see how we can potentially use him. Now, I didn't see anything from Harson in regards to TJ Finley. That was the only quote that I saw from Bo. But um, I also thought it was interesting from Bo. They were asking him a little bit about the differences in a Mike Bobo system, and he talked specifically about lining up under center. And that's something that you and I have speculated on potentially being a big fix for him. And it's it seems obvious in a way because so much of his problem is getting so far out of the pocket and scrambling so far backwards and so if you start him even closer to the line let him have closer access to the ball maybe we'll eliminate that frantic scramble he kind of slips back into and he basically confirmed our speculation uh he said it's something he practically never did in his first two years but it's an aspect of the offense that we're going to see a lot more this fall he said quote it provided a different vantage point a different way of seeing things I felt like it literally got me closer to the ball so I was closer to the defense I can keep my eyes up the whole time no matter how much we're under centered that's a different dynamic to our offense which I'm excited about I've learned a lot about being under center I've never really been that in the been there in the past but moving forward obviously the NFL guys are all under center a lot so I'm learning a lot I I personally like it. I think it is going to be something that they do with him a lot. And I sometimes, Jason, and you can speak to this from a quarterback perspective, sometimes it's not that complicated. It's one mm-hmm. minor detail, one small adjustment that makes a load of difference. Yeah, no doubt. You know, like I say, for Bo, the one thing is for him, like to say the comment about him being under the center, how he's excited about it. It's great because he didn't take the opposite approach where some guys say, no, I don't want to go under the center. Like, no, he didn't look at it as a bad thing. He looked at it as a positive. And I think he realized like how much he can help his game as far as like that. He is a movement quarterback. Let's face it. He's not just a pure pocket passer. So he's a guy that we have to move around within the offense. You have, you can utilize Tank Bisbee in a run game so that you can utilize that play action, those bootlegs, those nakeds where you're trying to get around the edge and set up and get passes for him outside the numbers. So that's going to help a lot of a lot of it because people have to respect the run. So you suck up those linebackers and safeties and you're able to hit deeper pass plays and and get the big playability because he is under the center a little bit more. So being in the shotgun now also changes things a little bit, a little bit as well, because he's not so like you said, he's more limited to scramble backwards when he's under the center than more so he's in the shotgun. So if he can kind of eliminate the scrambling when a play breaks down, instead of going 10 yards in the opposite direction, mm-hmm. find a way to move towards the line of scrimmage, find a way to get something positive. It doesn't always have to be a 10 to 20 yard play. It can be a, a two to three yard gain, which is better than a 10 yard loss. And uh, so yeah. understanding like keeping your offense on schedule, that's how you be really good within our offense. That's like, it's similar to what we did with Borges. Like we were shotgun, but we was under center. So everything was like 50-50 and teams couldn't key on where my set points were because they didn't know where I was going to be lined up at. So, and, and it helps the game a lot and it helps your run game. And it changes the dynamic for defensive linemen to have to look up and say, oh, is he in gun? Okay, what do I think right. he's set? If he's under center, I don't know what he's going to do. I'm at to stay home, look for the bootleg, look for the naked. I can't just react straight to the run. I got to yep. – so many other things that it, you make it harder for the defense to have to look at. And I think 
for that way, it works in it works in Auburn's advantage and it works in Bo's advantage. Now, to address what you first said about, you know, feeling when he talked to comments about feeling, that's a good thing that he actually took notice of some of the things that Finley does well. Totally. And the reason I say that because from a competitor standpoint, you watch your competitor and yep. you study film in all season. You watch some of the teams that beat you and you watch and see, okay, what was some of the things they did the better than did better than we did? So he looks at Finley and say, okay, this guy was at LSU. He comes from a different program. Let me see some things some, that I can maybe pick up and add to my game. So when you say quick release, maybe we may see both understand okay sometimes i need to get the ball out of my hand and not hold it waiting for a bigger play let me go ahead and take the the guaranteed play and i think that will help him and 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 i think finley actually probably watches Bo because he's not as athletic as Bo as far as the movement standpoint but from a pocket passer we can probably sit here and say yes finley is probably more of a pocket passer but Bo is more of your athletic your dual threat type quarterback so yeah they're both things that these guys can add to the offense and i do think we will see both of them this season i think from a standpoint that they didn't they probably not gonna have finley just standing on the sideline holding a clipboard forever like he has to get some type of game experience whether it's two series a game or whether it's certain situations just to get his feet wet, get his face. He's in a new program. He's in a new place. And yeah. if something was to happen to Bo, this guy has got to be ready to play. You know, so yes. you have always got to think as a starter when you're a backup and not think like you're just a backup. No, you're one play away. And also, I'm still pushing you for this job, but you always have to stay in the right mind frame. 100%. And I think, you know, there's several things for Bo that we can hone in on and talk about the need for his development, habit breaking. And honestly, like the hourglass is, is dwindling down. This is his junior year. I mean, like that, it was expected of him to make such a huge step forward as a sophomore. We gave him, you know, a lot of grace because he was a true freshman and he handled the big stage a lot of times. And last year it, it just, it didn't come to fruition. He completed 59.9% of his passes, 10th out of 12 qualifying SEC quarterbacks. That's not going to fly, but, and I don't like to give excuses because I, I think that every player in this league has odds against them, right? So like you can't continually have excuses, but I think what Bo has had thus far maybe hasn't been a fair situation to succeed given what Gus Malzahn was trying to do repeatedly, even after running into a brick wall every time he tried it. When Gus Malzahn got started in the SEC, really in, in college ball in general, and Brian Harson talked on this at SEC Media Days. The way he envisioned offensive football at that time, it was innovative. The way he ran tempo, everything that he was implementing in that way, it was a new system to everybody. He essentially introduced it to the SEC. So every defense was so unprepared and basically incapable of predicting it much less stopping it, okay? After a few years of seeing it, you're prepared for it. So it no longer is unpredictable. Honestly, you've shown your blueprint and you haven't changed it enough that the defenses can quite literally predict what you're about to do. So for Bo Nix to still be running an offense that did that and that had that level of predictability and, and the Gus Malzahn stamp that defenses came to expect from Auburn, 
that isn't all on Bo. I think some of Bo's habits, some of Bo's mannerisms, obviously his accuracy, they have to improve, okay? That's a matter of X's and O's. But what he was given as a freshman and, and as a sophomore was a lack of ability to adapt, and I don't necessarily blame him for it entirely. I think when a play broke down, Gus Malzahn's system didn't really have a 2-3-4. It was run and gun or bust, and you saw that in Bo. And so for him, so much of his frantic scramble, try and make something out of your legs, it's because it didn't seem like there was much else for a play to develop out of. And so I think that with this Mike Bobo, kind of a more educational approach for him, we may see a completely different guy and he's going to be under center, which is also a different level. I just, my hope is that that is what makes the difference. If not, there's someone in the wings that very well could be the difference, but I think it's worth acknowledging that there wasn't much of a, a, a plan forward for when things break down given to Bo. And that has showcased itself in some of the bad habits that he's developed because of it. Yeah. Like you said, a lot of the system that Bo ran last season and the year before is when you run Gus system, everything is to come at you so fast. It's the hope that you make a mistake and we slide someone right by you. And that's a lot of how they get big plays. So most of the times when you watch both watch the Bo in that system is, okay, I play fake and I'm trying to throw the ball to the first guy. If the first guy was jammed up or he wasn't there, what do you always do? He always found right. a way to have to escape because to yep. me, it's the same thing. There wasn't a two or three because in their mindset, it was always, this guy's going to be open, trusted yep. because this is what we do. So I think now and he's in Mike Bobo's system, it's definitely going to be a situation where there is a two and a three. And I'm going to tell you this, mm-hmm. most of the time his two is going to be considered a tight end because if he goes to the outside receiver and he's covered or they drop a zone underneath, immediately his eyes is to come back inside. And who's standing inside? It's your tight end most of the time. And then if your tight end is not there, then you check down to your running back. So who he has a heck of two great running backs that can get the ball in open field and make some things happen. If you throw the ball to Tank at an open field, that's just as good as a long handoff. And this guy can make someone miss. And you get the ball to Showers. Like Showers runs like a tank. So you get the ball to this guy in the open field. He can make things happen. So it doesn't always have to be down the field. It can be, okay, they drop coverage. Boom, everyone's deep. Let me drop the ball on running back. Your running back pick up five, six, or seven. Now you're in second and four. Now you're in in second and three. You're in – Third downs, you convert in third downs. You're staying on the field, which keeps your offense in the rhythm. And I think that's where yeah. Auburn struggled that year, last year, was they couldn't stay on the field to keep rhythm. And now it's, it's more important than ever because we have a young receiving court. Yes, we picked the yeah. guy from Georgia. So he'll be one of our veteran receivers on the offense, and we probably expect him to start. So, But you still got the other guys who are young guys. They're very talented. They have height, but they're young. So it's going to take right. them a couple of games to get that experience. So now it's more pivotal for your quarterback to be very accurate, to be very demanding on where guys need to be at in their route running and to make sure that they're on the same page because you have to take all the guessing out now. So everyone has to be 
completely locked and loaded on what they're supposed to be doing. Every play, be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. Do what you're supposed to do and and meet your expectations. You get a chance to get your offense into a flow. And defensively, you get a chance to convert to a different defense. We're running a yeah. 34 defense. It is totally different than a 4-3 defense. Like, yep. when you see us line up in a 4-3 sometimes, yeah, sometimes you may, you know, but most of the time this is a base 34 defense. So yeah. our outside rushers have got to be ready to perform. And we know what our linebackers can do with McLean and Papo. Like, right. you know, McLean is on the watch list this year for one of the, def- the buckets award. No, um, that they hand out at the end of the year. So he's mm-hmm. on that list. So, you know, Smoke Monday is on the list. He's on the safety watch list. So, uh, and then you look at Nick Bronze on offense, he's on the Outlands watch list this mm-hmm. year. So there are guys that are on the list this year that wasn't even on any list last year. So, so in some ways, how do we suppose to expect what our season's supposed to look like? Because we have a couple of guys that are on the watch list. Tane Bisbee is on the watch list. So we have four guys legitimately on a watch list mm-hmm. we didn't have any last year on any watch list so yeah. what are our expectations going into 2021 season i mean it's so hard to know because of how many question marks i think the ones that are solid are the ones that are on this watch list and those aren't the ones anyone's questioning what you question the quarterback what do you question the new coaching staff what do you question the new offensive scheme all of which is just a wait and see game so mm-hmm. It's a different watch list. It's like a watch because you're nervous list. But um, (laughs) I think that obviously this defensive side, specifically that linebacker core, I mean, like just stacked. And so, so many eyes are going to be on the offensive side. But I just think after listening to Bo and obviously how much we have talked about him, we'll talk about him moving forward. There are so many components to why it maybe has not been because honestly like so many analysts experts what have you deem him one of the best talents that we've had in a long time why doesn't it showcase itself and why isn't it adding up in the stat column in the w column and i think that there are i remember last year when everyone obviously not only how far he scrambled backwards but how quickly he did and we speculated why that was and obviously the easiest one is he doesn't trust the line and that cohesion is not there and he doesn't have that rapport with his offensive line so he bails really quickly but maybe it's because he literally didn't have a progression to run through like if the play that he was planning on with the tempo of Gus Malzahn's offense fell through it was run and unfortunately he ran too far in the opposite direction but literally now you you have to hope that his ability to commit to the pocket may increase if he has those progressions and honestly the mental aspect it may actually be a bit of a distraction in a way which may be something he needs to kind of snap those habits I just I'm I'm excited to kind of get some new film on him because I think what we've seen is a a, a Gus and Bo connection and I'm curious what the Bo 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 connection is gonna be. You get it? Mike Bobo <laughs> right. and Bo. Right. Wow. Yeah, you're right. I like Fantastic. that. There you go. See you bringing some noise to the, the offer program. So, you know, we understand that your mind is 1,000 miles per hour because you are baseball, then you're football, then you're a training camp now, then it's college football, yeah. then it's back to baseball. So yeah. my mind goes out to you, Taylor. You are one in a million Thanks. comes to Thanks. doing this type of stuff. So people, there is going to be somebody that's going to say that this year, though. 
Bobo. Mike Bobo to Bo. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's there for the taking. Um, all right. Well, real quick update on some things that Owen Papo said at Media Day. He made sure to shout out his two fellow veteran linebackers, Zacoby McLean and Ch- Chandler Wooten. I'm really excited to see him this year. Obviously, right. he opted out in 2020 because of COVID, but this guy seems fired up to be back on the field. And obviously, he is an athletic, talented dude. But when you add in that little bit of added motivation because you had to miss it and you're on the cusp of, of, of that breakout year. I just, I'm keeping my eye on him. I'm excited to see him join those two. Uh, but Papo said, quote, I think we're one of the hardest working teams in the country. I love what coach Pitt has done with us. Everybody feels strong. Everybody feels Mm -hmm. healthy. We had testing not too long ago. People were putting up freak numbers, had a little combine going. It's really going to help us out this season. We're going to be feeling strong, feeling good all the way through. And he and Bo actually said that they went early and ran stadiums before getting on the plane to go to media days because they were not going to miss a day. There is a commitment to strength and conditioning this year that has not been, I mean, yes, there's always a commitment to it, but it's elevated this year. And that is something that I think is going to be a visible difference on the field. And I'm glad that he mentioned that he actually uh, shouted out freshman Jarquez Hunter, who is squatting 600 pounds. The freshman running back from Mississippi. 600 pounds, Jason. And guess what? I talked to the kid after we spoke, after Ronnie me spoke to the team, and he came up to me. He was like, Hey, man, I'm from Mississippi as well. I said, Yeah, yeah. I said, I said, I know. I said, I said, What you like doing? He said, Man, I just like fishing, fishing. (laughs) (laughs) So I told him, I said, Hey, man, you're in the right place, man. The armor is going to be great for you. I said, uh, And then you just say, like, he was just very easygoing. So we're definitely see him in a rotation this year, but the squat 600 pounds is just like, I don't know what's in the water with these kids nowadays, because I seen this kid from LSU squatted like eight, eight plates on each side. I'm not even, I I, I stopped counting after like four (laughs) plates on each side. Dude, you're already at four or five. So he's almost, I'm just like, what is, so he's squatting over 800 some pounds. Like this is unreal. Programs have changed. They've all changed these kids' eating habits, their eating diets. Like they're doing different things than what we used to do. But for Auburn, I was so happy to see Papo say what he said because the strength coach that they had was underneath my strength coach that I had at Auburn, Coach Yachts. Mm. And Coach Yachts did not play. Your butt better be on time. And on time meant your butt better be in the seats 10 minutes before the meeting starts, like prepared yep. and ready. Uh, not walk in when the coach walk in. No, you're there square and early and, and ready and uh, and for strength and all that type of stuff like we did so many pushing the sled it didn't matter if you was a quarterback you had to push the sled you had to matter <laughs> you had to run the heels you had to bear crawl we had to do everything as a team and now this coach is implementing that same thing in their strength program and I said this last year Auburn we look too small I said when I look at the other teams we played against in the SEC and you stand there it's just like we look like we are below a level when it comes to like mm-hmm. our body size and our weight. I was just like, what are we doing? You know? So now it's good to see that we're beef- beefing back up. We're coming more of a physical approach because we need that. Like, you know, we're not a finesse, like quick team. We're a, a hard nosed, strong physical football team. And when you play Auburn, you always know when you left there, there was going to be some bumps and bruises on you. 
Yeah. So it's good to see that we're trying to get back into that type of realm. Absolutely. Well, the next step is fall camp, which starts on August 5th next week. Obviously, that's always the, I would argue, most intense just because it's so close. You know it's crunch time. There's a realization that it's now. I I think in the summer, you kind of have the cushion of a little bit more time. And then when fall camp hits, it's, it's real. It's that way on my side of things. It's that way from a player's perspective. When you were in that position and and you, you know, reported to fall camp and it was go time, what was kind of the difference um, in mentality and energy and even from a training perspective, how is it different? Oh, it's different because now you get a chance to see all the hard work that you put into the summer. Like it gets a chance to, to pay off. Like you don't have to answer any more questions about what do you think about the team this year? What do you think about? No, it's here now. Like we get a chance to lace the pads up, put our shoes on, go out there every day and knowing that we're preparing for a purpose. And our purpose is in a month we'll be playing a football game. And that's the whole key is you, your mindset starts then. Like you start breaking down tape. You start getting your body into physical playing shape. And you don't have to worry about so much noise on the outside. You have to worry about, okay, I got a week off next week to go home. No, there's no more going home until the season's over with. So Mm -hmm. now you're locked in from a mental standpoint. You're not looking for that next checkout break. You're looking for that next opportunity to lace up and hit somebody. And that's the whole aspect about this. And this is the time you start to figure out your football team. Like there's going to be some live action during some of the times because you're going to get the short yardage goal line ones versus ones like let's see who wants it who wants to be a starter like yeah I like it you know you got two different coaches coming from two different places Mike Bobo was at South Carolina last year you then you got Derek Mason who was at Vanderbilt last year both have SEC mindsets but now the game is won during football season is one is situational football that's what Auburn has got to get better at is situational football so mm-hmm. we have got to pay attention to our keys when you're in training camp mode, it's not as you got to be so locked in that you're trying to win your one-on-one battle, but know the down and distance. Know how much yards the other t- opponent got to get to get the first down. Get them off the field. If you're on the offensive standing ball, don't do something stupid. They have a setback play. Like, let's right. lock in and lock load it. So there's a lot of things they can learn. This is where Coach Harsons, you're really going to have to come into the experiences okay, how do I get the guys to buy into my situation of football or what I'm trying to do? Which is getting harder and harder, especially in the SEC. And uh, looks like that may be changing a little bit. Let's talk about it. Texas and Oklahoma, leave the Big 12, apply for SEC membership. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. Hmm. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey released his own statement acknowledging the letter, but noted officially that the conference has, quote, not proactively sought new members. Still, the transition seems like it's probably going to happen. Conference presidents and chancellors have reportedly scheduled a meeting for Thursday to discuss adding the two to the conference. A three-fourths majority vote, so 11 of the conference's 14 members, must approve the expansion in order to add the teams. So Hmm. we will wait and hear. I mean, they have already told the Big 12 that they will not be continuing their rights past the current, you know, situation that goes through 25. I did read somewhere that if they wanted to leave as early as next year, they would probably owe like 80 million in revenue. So it is possible 
especially for Texas. I mean, Texas is the richest athletic program yeah, in the I'm nation. With an in- is eight eight thousand to them. Nothing to them. They are the richest athletic program in the nation with an endowment that nears $32 billion. What? (laughs) Like, (laughs) what even? And this coming off a COVID year. So, like, what in the world? Um, And obviously, Oklahoma being the number one team. So, I think let's let's separate these two conversations, or maybe three conversations. Let's start with what it does to the SEC. It's... Look, there's there's a part of me that is like, you know what, let's go. This is, you know, what to be the best, you have to beat the best. It makes the conference better. It makes it stronger. Revenue will increase. But good gracious, if we weren't a gauntlet already and and (laughs) having to beat each other's tail. And look, the only way this is okay is if the playoff expands, because as it is, we have a hard time getting two SEC teams in there because of how many losses you have competing in this conference. Now you're going to have 16 powerhouses in the same conference and expect the top four like it's from an from an SEC perspective. Are you here for it, or are you kind of trepidatious? <sighs> I'm treading water right now, and the reason I say I'm treading water is because the simple fact that the SEC, like you said, is already a gauntlet. So if we was to add Texas and Oklahoma from a financial standpoint, we already do well. But now you're really talking about like blowing out the water. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, what does that do for all the other conferences in college football? Like. Yep. College football is fun because of the way that all the conferences are set up. And it's fun when you watch the MAC. It's fun when you watch the Conference USA. I just don't want to it get to a point where we become such a super conference that to a point that only time people want to tune in is when they want to watch us on TV and that you forget about all the other colleges and and they're almost like left out to dry. And when you think about these kids coming from high school, I don't want them to feel like, oh, I can like – of course, with the NIL now, who's going to be able to pay these guys the most money? Of course, it's going to be the SEC because they have the bigger boosters. They have the biggest like people that has, you know, they're in some of the bigger cities from a standpoint of their football towns because most of them don't have NFL teams in their state like Mississippi and Alabama. Right. So the colleges, if you're a star athlete there, boom, you're, you're going to get paid now as an NIL. So the thing is, now you throw Texas in the midst, you throw Oklahoma in the midst. These kids going to be looking at like, okay, if I don't get to play in the super conference, does that mean I'm, I'm a, I failed? Like, no, you did not right. fail. You still get a chance to play college football at a division one school. No matter where you're at, you get an opportunity to go out and present your abilities and your talents. But I just don't want it to become an overhaul standpoint where, of course, we know the NCA is kind of, you know, they're, they're kind of about to be eliminated from the football standpoint. They do a really mm-hmm. good job with the basketball tournament of having the 64 in the NCAA tournament. That is a fun experience. But when mm-hmm. you talk about from a football side of things, they have always gotten this part wrong, I think, even back with yeah. the BCS championships type stuff. Like when I was playing, like it was always hard to get the right people because it, it should have been a playoff back then. And now we, we come up with a play, a playoff and I don't think we thought about it long enough. Like how do we need to create it? Now we're up to 12 teams. So I think now testing over looking at like, okay, if we get to the SEC, we're always going to be a primetime games. One 
financially, we're just going to continue to increase. But two, if you play an all SEC schedule and they're probably looking at hopefully to get in the East, which I can't imagine them putting both teams in the East, but right. they will both play each other every year, just like Alabama and Auburn play each other every year. So I would imagine one would come to the West, one would come to the East. And when you do that, what does that do now for play for for like Vanderbilt? Yes, Vanderbilt is very good in baseball, very good. They're competitive in basketball. They're competitive mm-hmm. in every other sport rather than football. Right. Football has been their Achilles heel. What does that do for them from a football standpoint? Truly. I don't imagine that they really, really care too much because financially they'll still be getting the benefits of all the powerhouses in in our conference. But what does it do to, you know, like so you get a Kentucky. Now, basketball is going to be phenomenal. We already have a good program in basketball coming back. Last year, the SEC did very well. Now, you add Texas and Oklahoma. Like, both of those are really good basketball programs, too. So it just becomes this mega super conference, which I'm all for competition. I'm all for But I just want to make sure that we don't leave out all these other conferences out to dry. Totally. It just becomes about these 14 or 16 teams in the SEC. Well, because you know what? already was in the process of doing that is all this NIL stuff. Like we've talked about, like that is already changing the landscape of college football because top level recruits are now going to take into consideration what team has the best media rights, what team is on the national television deals more often, like where can I make the most money for my name, image, and likeness? They're not interested in the Cinderella stories anymore of, of, Coastal and and Cincinnati, all of those which make college football so fun. And and it's it's part of why those one-off games in the regular season are arguably more entertaining than the playoff games because Mm -hmm. there's just those special stories and those special teams. We're eliminating the chance of that because we're putting all our emphasis on this one end of the spectrum. And this is going to do the exact same thing. The Big 12 is going to be no more. Like they are going to completely fall off so what does that do the power five goes away do we have just one big lump and it's it's kind of regionalized like I just I think that where we are right now in college football I'm trying to be optimistic but it's resembling the NFL at a very rapid pace and I don't know if we're really protecting ourselves in the process. We're just like full steam ahead. So first of all, athletes can now jump from one roster to another because it it will improve their situation. Basically you're a free agent, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. we're we're not calling it that, but that's essentially what it is. Now you're going to be dealing with agents because they can make all of this money. Nick Saban said his quarterback has made almost a million dollars already on name, image, and Mm -hmm. likeness. So you're going to be dealing with agents and, and, people and representing these 18 to 22 year old kids now the playoffs going to expand from four to 12 where a bracket is going to be required and you're going to have first round buys which what does that sound like the nfl's postseason like Mm -hmm. there's so much of it that is becoming a mirror image and i i don't like to see it because there is a reason 
that college football is so special and it's a lot of the ways that it's different from the NFL. It's the fact that it's not a business. It's the fact that it's not driven by their pockets and their money and the me. It's about the team. It's about the school. And I'm so fearful that these kinds of moves and the the greed is going to take over and change the product. Well, yeah, it's about to get very interesting. Like football is changing right before our very eyes. Um, You know, 2020 came along and it changed America and changed the world with COVID and everything. Like things we didn't think we would ever see in our lifetime, we saw. And now we're now we're into 2021 and we're already like just changing football night we're like conferences are changing right before our very eyes like the nil like it it came a conversation all of a sudden boom it happened and now all of a sudden i don't i'm not even sure if colleges have even prepared themselves for what's about to happen because every state is on their own that's the other thing there's no ceo like who's the ceo that's going to operate all of this because you can't have different rules and too many regulations every state's on their own so in this state you do this when it comes to nil okay in this state you do this when it comes to nil so what you think is going to happen when you start recruiting a kid gonna say okay what's your rules for nil so if you're auburn and you're trying to compete against another school in another state then it may come down to the kid mason making his decision of how much he can make in nil based off the rules and regulations that each state has that are different and mm-hmm. now the kid is going off going to college not based off where he think his heart is and where he think he can go and get the great experience and, and potentially give himself an opportunity in life. He's now basing it off how much money he feel like he can make at this university or that university. And that's going to become a problem because now you are really taking away the love of the game. And I'm all for kids making money. I'm all for kids getting their money off their name and their image and their likeness, but there has to be a CEO of all the college football. And we don't have that. ADs for each school and I understand why we have ADs for each school is to operate but who's 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 calling the ADs though who's over the ADs so we have commissioners for each conference we need a CEO if you look at any big America uh, if you look at Amazon if you look at like all these top companies there is always a CEO there is no CEO in college football you know as we continue to grow continue to get older times change things change and you hope things change for the better but are we changing for the better right now or are we just getting greedy i mean that's where the difference will lie and that is where honestly it'll show itself and we just hang on tight in the process but i'm just hopeful that the guys that are you know in these situations they don't lose that love of the game and the and the purity of it in spite of all the moving pieces around them because apparently there are plenty and it's not slowing down anytime soon but before we wrap up i did want to go ahead and mention a massive commit that auburn has officially gotten four star running back damari alston the atlanta native is ranked in the top 300 of the 2022 class he's 510 205 picked Auburn over LSU and Northwestern. So another great ad for this ground game and uh, always great great to see depth added to that position. You also men- mentioned it, but center Nick Brahms was added to the Outland watch list. He is one of seven players on the preseason list from the SEC. So continue to get good news for this Auburn program as season gets closer and closer September 4th y'all that's when uh we'll see it all in action so until then Jason and I will keep breaking it down as much as we can so 
no episode next week. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, fans, no episode next week. But guess what, though? Camp starts August the 5th, so we could be on that following week. So that gives us a whole weekend to see what happens on Thursday through Sunday before we report either next Monday or Tuesday of next week. So we will have information for you guys. So There we go. Two weeks, y'all. We'll see you in two weeks to recap everything that's happening down on the plains before kickoff happens in just over a month. Thank you so much for listening to us here on Believe in Everything Auburn. Jason and I greatly appreciate all of our listeners. Make sure you tell your friends and your family so that they can listen and get all the Auburn insight from us because we try really hard around here. Uh, Make sure you subscribe. If you haven't already, you'll get a notification every time we release an episode Until our next episode, everyone stay safe and healthy and happy. Enjoy your summer. We'll talk soon. War Eagle. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.